This is most certainly true. The Lamb of God who was long foretold has come to be our sacrifice. Jesus offered himself and graciously shed his blood in our place so that we could be forgiven. And now we have the assurance of life and glory with him forever in heaven. Join us to look to the Lamb through this sermon recently delivered at Grace. The first reading is from the Old Testament book of Job. The words of our Lord here will serve as the basis for today's sermon. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. The word of the Lord. just sat down to relax after a long week of work and to enjoy the meal that is sitting before you on the table. And just as you are bringing up that first bite of food and it smells so good, all of a sudden your phone starts buzzing and ringing next to you. And you're this close to just ignoring it and letting it go to voicemail, but your curiosity gets the best of you and you answer the phone. It's your credit card company. They're calling to inform you that they are immediately canceling all of your credit and they're passing your debt on to the collection agency. As you're trying to make sense of this surprising and confusing situation, your phone buzzes again. Another call is coming in. So you switch over. It's your bank. The banker tells you that there was a cyber attack and that all of your accounts have been hacked and cleaned out. All of your checking, your savings, all of your retirement accounts, they're all gone. And as the banker is trying to explain how this even could have happened, your phone buzzes again. You switch over. This call is your boss. Why is your boss calling you so late in the day? 
Your boss informs you that because of the pandemic, your company has had to make some pretty drastic and dire cuts, and you're one of them. Even though you've been there for years, you just lost your job. While your boss is apologizing for having to have to share this news with you, your phone buzzes yet again. You switch over. It's a police officer. With a very solemn tone, he shares the news that your dearly loved ones were in a tragic accident and were taken. And while the officer is still speaking, the phone falls out of your hand to the ground, and you quickly fall right after it. You just collapse. I know that seems like a pretty far-fetched, an extreme scenario, that all of those things would happen one after another, one moment after another. Maybe not all of those have taken place in your life like that, but, but you have had the moments where even the little things and the fewer things that are maybe spread out over time begin to pile up in your life, or maybe just that one big tragic event, that tragic news just knocks you down to your knees. And you wonder, how do you get back up? And in those moments, in those moments, you are wondering if God even cares, if he is paying attention. Maybe you cry out, why, Lord? When you fall, how do you get back up? The reading that we have for us this morning is from the Old Testament book called Job. And it follows along with God's servant by the same name. Now, the situation that I just described to you, as far-fetched as it might seem, was actually the reality for Job. The Bible describes Job as a blameless, an upright man who feared God and shunned evil. In other words, he was a stand-up Christian. But let me set the stage for how this took place for, for Job. One day we're told that Satan stood before God in his presence. And it was actually God who instigated the conversation and offered up to Job an opportunity to put Job, or offered up to Satan an opportunity to put Job to the test. Satan saw this as a prime opportunity to prove God wrong and to show that Job's righteousness was just self-serving and that by the time Satan got done with, with messing around with Job, he would be cursing God. And so God gave to Satan the permission and power to afflict Job, but with a limit. You couldn't put a finger on Job's life. Notice something interesting here. God had to give Satan that power to do that because Satan is not as powerful as our Lord God. God is far more powerful than anything Satan can throw at us. But also see the glimpse that we get of this intense battle that takes place behind the curtains in the spiritual realm of heaven. Satan is at war with God. Yet Satan knows that he cannot win a hand-to-hand battle against the Lord, so he is bent instead on frustrating God's creation by driving a wedge between God and mankind. And that's exactly what he hoped to do as he brought great trouble into Job's life. And that's where we get to our reading for today. 
You see, God had richly blessed Job. He blessed him with a great family, ten children, seven sons, three daughters, all who got along and loved one another and enjoyed time with each other. And he richly blessed him with wealth, and not like gold and silver and and dollars like we have today, but with animals, herds, and flocks. Well, on this day, one messenger after another came before Job with news, each worse than the one before. The first messenger came to Job, interrupting his day, with the news that a, a gang of traders had come up and stolen all of his oxen and donkeys that were out in the fields, killing all of the servants. And while he was hearing that news, another messenger came before Job. And he reported that the fire of God rained down from heaven and wiped out the flocks of sheep and killing all the servants who were caring for them. And while he was trying to comprehend that news, another messenger came before Job, this time to tell him that um, a couple bands of, of nomads had gained up and raided the herds of camels that Job owned, stealing them all and again killing the servants in the process. And if that wasn't enough, another messenger came before Job. And this time with the most tragic of all the news. Job's children, who had all gathered together to celebrate a feast in the oldest brother's home, had been sitting there when a great wind came and knocked against that house, making it collapse and kill everyone inside. How would you react if you were the one receiving that kind of news? Would you fall down on your knees in sorrow and grief? Be overwhelmed and and fall into a deep depression? Would you cry out to God in confusion and even accusation, Why, Lord? Would you curse God out, out of anger and hate? You may not have had a day piled up with tragedy like Job did, but you have had the moments in your life where tragedy strikes. You have had the moments where you have failed some really important endeavor, or you have lost your important job, or you have been in the deepest of depths, or been racked with the body with disease and, and sickness. And you have heard the news of someone that you dearly loved who was unexpectedly and untimely killed. You have had the days where absolutely nothing goes your way and the only news you hear is bad news. And you have had those moments where you have been down on your knees pleading with God, are you there? Do you care? How am I going to get up from this? And there is nothing that Satan wants more in that moment when you fall down in grief than to make you fall from God. Notice how Job reacted. Listen again. Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. 
Take a moment and just let that settle in. Job mourned deeply. We see that by the actions he took of of tearing his robe and shaving his head. And just please note that I'm not mourning something eternally. This is just my lot in life. But, But Job, he shaved his head out of deep grief. And he fell. But he fell down in worship. He did not come before God with this defeatist attitude that nothing in life matters, but instead knowing that his life and everything in it was in God's hand. And so when he fell, he did not blame God. He did not accuse God of doing wrong. But instead, in his moment of deepest grief, he praised the Lord. Now how could Job respond in such a a unique and amazing way. Job could not see the battle that was taking place in heaven before God and Satan, between God and Satan. But what he did see and know was the sovereign Lord's hand at play in his life. And he had a faith that trusted in God's promises and willingly yielded to God's will. The point of today's lesson is not to just tell you to be like Job when suffering comes into your life. That honestly would be like telling a person who's really truly hurting to just suck it up. But instead this morning I encourage you to not just look at Job, but look beyond at the reason why he had the attitude that he had. Look to the one who yielded to God's will perfectly and selflessly. Look to Jesus, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus lost everything. He lost his dignity. He lost all of his disciples as they deserted him. He lost his father as he forsook him on the cross. And there on the cross, nailed there, all alone, he bore upon his shoulders all of your moments of sin and shame that you have thought and spoke and acted out in your life. And there Jesus took the punishment and consequences that all of your evil deserves. Jesus suffered hell. Why? Because it was God's saving will that Jesus would be a sacrifice for you and that he would pay the price so that you can be forgiven and have the certainty of eternal life with God free from the troubles and trials of this world. Because Jesus bore that cross, It means that you can bear underneath whatever crosses you may be called upon to bear up in this life. Whatever trials and troubles you may have in this life and whatever trials of faith you may be confronted with. And you can do it. You can stand up because you have the certainty that salvation is yours and God is faithful. It's that hope that the Apostle Paul shared and wrote about in his letter to the church in Rome. He said this, Since we have been justified through faith, 
in other words, declared not guilty and forgiven of all of our sins, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Which means for the person who has this faith in Jesus, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Recently, I've been watching a a series on Netflix that has a number of different seasons with episodes in it. And most recently, I watched the last episode of season number two. And in this season, or in this episode, it seemed like the main character had every trouble and trial and tragedy hitting him to the point that it looked like the show was actually going to kill off this main character. But here's the blessing of knowing that there were three more seasons to follow after this episode. I knew that no matter how bad it looked, they weren't going to kill off this character because I had actually seen his picture on a promo for a future season. And so, in dramatic fashion, he was spared of his life. Your story is still being written. And I'm not going to pretend to know the challenges and the heartaches that you might have in this story here yet on earth. But I do know this. Because of Jesus, no matter what tragedies may come in your life, no matter what happens when you come to the end of your life, no matter how tragic or easy it is, there's another season for you. And it's life with God in heaven. And so no matter what troubles may come your way, no matter how many times you might fall in grief and in shame and in weaknesses and in sin, The end of the story is written in the blood of Jesus for you and is secure in an empty tomb. So what if? What if when you fall, you fell in worship like Job? What if instead of of getting wrapped up and, and overwhelmed by the sorrows of this life, you instead, like Job, looked ahead to the future glories that are far greater than anything that this world can offer to us? Job was looking ahead when he proclaimed these words. I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in the flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. What if you grieved with the hope that Jesus is right there bearing up under the crosses of this life with you? What if instead of cursing and accusing God, you praised him? My friends, No matter what takes place in this life, no matter what tragedies, no matter what sorrows, no matter what storms may come, you can stand. You can stand because your Lord Jesus has conquered Satan and destroyed sin and death and gives you life. When you fall, Jesus is there to pick you up. And I pray that God give you that strength of faith today. 
build you up in it each and every day of this life to come as we look forward to the life to come. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.